I said, Ya chitayu niploho no ya nimagu govarit. And then she said, Ya penimayu vas. I said, Bashoya spasiba and ya zinimayu poruski kajde din. And so all that basically was, she said, Do you speak Russian? Welcome to Solo Travel with Darren, the podcast dedicated to giving you tips on international travel if you're going to be traveling solo. This podcast is from the perspective of an adult male who's not interested in family travel, not interested in budget travel. And these are all the tips and advice and things that I wish that I knew before I traveled overseas and all the information that I could not find on the internet Uh, when I was planning various trips. So if you're interested in international travel, then listen up. Thank you. Welcome to Solo Travel with Darren. Uh, Coming at you from the U.S. in April 2020. So we're still in quarantine from the coronavirus. So um, as I said in the last podcast, nobody's really traveling now. So a traveling podcast, solo or otherwise, Um, Not many people are listening to. So what I wanted to do in this podcast is kind of go over um, something that can not necessarily, well, it's obviously related to travel, but you can use it for everything. And that's um, if you want to learn a foreign language, in particular Russian. And when I was going to Ukraine for the first time back in 2018, I learned a bunch of Russian um, and then I went to Russia, I mean, to Ukraine, and I was standing outside a Starbucks, and I probably spent 10, 15 minutes figuring out how I was going to walk into the Starbucks and order a cup of coffee. And once I figured out everything and I walked in there and said what I needed to say in Russian, the cashier re- repeated some words to me and said a bunch of stuff in Russian um, that I was totally lost. So even though I'd studied for about two months, I didn't know anything. So anyways, um, hopefully you cannot go through that situation and this will help you uh, learn Russian if you want to, if you want to travel to Eastern Europe and all that. Um, but so I want to talk about basically why you would learn Russian if you're so inclined and some of the things to know um, when you're studying it, and then give you some tips and tricks that I've kind of picked up in the last two years. I'm by no means fluent in the language, but um, I can, I guess, get by. And one of the reasons why I'm going to talk about this today is because, again, you nobody's really traveling. And I went and looked on my analytics on my blog, which is darrenstravels.com, and my YouTube channel, which is Darren's Travels Tip, Darren's Travel Tips. Um, on YouTube, and I noticed after the videos and articles about the girls in Eastern Europe, the next most popular content is about learning Russian, which kind of surprised me, but I guess that's what's most popular or second most popular. So um, hopefully you'll be interested in this and you'll you'll listen. So anyways, um, with that, I mean, I guess we'll get into it in a-
I was on the uh, Russian National Airline Aeroflot, and so everybody who was working on the airline spoke Russian. And so I think I asked for some water, and I said, Pujalsta, uh, which is please. So then the attendant who was giving me the water said, And then I responded, she said, do you speak Russian? And I responded, I said, And then she said, Ya peni mayuvas. I said bashoya spasiba and ya zinimayus poruski kajde din. And so all that basically was she said, Do you speak Russian? I said, Not a lot. Uh, I told her that my Russian was very bad. I told her that I can read Russian okay, but I can't say anything, I can't talk. Then she said, Well, I I hear I understand you. She said, I understood you. And then she and then I said Thank, thanks a lot. And then I told her that I study Russian every day. So that's an example of a Russian conversation that I can have kind of like at this point in time after studying it for about a year and a half. Um, and if you're, again, if you travel the world solo and you're a guy and all that, um, you will probably be interested in Eastern European girls. Almost everybody in the world is. And when I say Eastern Europe, I mean Russia, Ukraine, um, even the Baltics and the Balkans and Belarus and all those countries over there, the former Soviet Union. And if you go there, everybody speaks Russian or not everybody, but the vast majority do. Um, and like I said before, if you're going to go and you want to meet girls, when you're talking to girls directly, like I said in the episode, I think it was episode maybe 14, maybe 13, um, where I said, if you talk to girls in Eastern European countries or anywhere in the world, actually always talk in English, uh, don't try to get through the broken Russian or any other language when you're talking to a girl, a local girl. Um, but with that said though, you're, you know, when you're there and you're not face to face with a, you know, a pretty Slavic girl, um, you're going to be in the malls, you're going to be at restaurants, bars, you're going to be at the hotel, you're going to be other places where you do need Russian, um, because a lot of places don't speak English. I mean, your taxi driver probably doesn't speak English, you know, that type of stuff. So you need to know um, Russian. And Russian, and the people, whether it's the taxi drivers, the 65-year-old lady who's selling you coffee, um, from the coffee stands on Krishatik Street in Ukraine, she's going to be very happy. They're all going to be very happy uh, that you speak a little bit of Russian. Um, and I guess in, uh, in Ukrainian also, but I'll get into that in a second. But they'll be very happy that you're trying to because they know how hard it is and they know that not many people, especially not a lot many Americans, um, go down to these countries in the former Soviet Union, and those who do don't know more than you know maybe three words um, in Russian. So when you actually try to talk to them, they are very they're very appreciative. Um, and then and then like like I think I mentioned before, the R- Russian is the seventh most popular language in the world. So no matter where you go, you may be able to use, it. especially in Eastern Europe, you'll definitely be able to use it. But anywhere else, probably too. Um, the thing that 
uh, I'll point out is that you, um, in Ukraine, you would think that you speak Ukraine. Ukrainian and Russian are not the same language. They're close, but they're not the same. In fact, I think I saw somewhere where it's only about 50% of the the of the uh, words share each other. They share words. But, um, but, but with that said, though, Russians can understand Ukrainians, and the Ukrainians can understand Russians, from what I understand. But nevertheless... Um, when you go to Ukraine, you speak Russian. You speak Russian in Kiev. You speak Russian in uh, Kharkiv. Um, I'm not sure if you speak Russian down in Odessa, but I'm pretty sure you do. The only place in Ukraine that you don't speak Russian will be Lviv, which is on the western side of Ukraine, and they speak Ukrainian. And But you don't really want to learn Ukrainian because you can only use it in Ukraine. Same thing with, you know, a lot of other languages around there. You don't want to learn Polish because you're only going to use it in Poland. And so if you learn Russian, you can use it all over the place. You can use it in Czech Republic. You can use it in Estonia. Uh, you can use it in Azerbaijan. Um, all those different places, you can use Russian instead of learning their own specific language. And so that's another reason why you learn Russian. And here's what I did. First of all, I'll just tell you what I did, and, I'll, and then I'll tell you what I suggest. Um, I started with the Pimsler program that everybody starts with. It's been around for 50, 60 years. It's about a three-month course of audio um, lessons that you listen to. It starts from very beginner, and it gets you up to, like, upper beginner, I guess. Um, and so I did it, and it was good. It was fine. Um, that's what I took for the part of the part of what I took before I went to Ukraine. Um, but what I also took at the same time was a course, online course called the Russian Accelerator Program. Um, just Google that Russian Accelerator. I'll put a link in the description for sure. But this was the best course I've take. I took back then, and I've taken since. To be honest, um, it's a great course. First of all, what it is is. You uh, first of all on iTunes. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever, um, there's a a class called Russian Made Easy, and it's a podcast. It has 20 episodes um, on learning Russian, and it starts from the beginning, and it gives you all the basics for free. And so they're about 10 minute, or 20 minute podcasts um, that go through the basics of Russian, and it's all free on the podcast. Um, once you finish all those episodes, they tell you about their paid program, which is called Russian Accelerator, and you can go online and find the Russian Accelerator program, and there you pay, I think it was about $300 for a program, which consists of, um, I think it's 18 modules with five lessons in each module, um, the whole thing takes about, I don't know, four months to get through, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. And it takes you from the begin a beginner of Russian all the way up to probably um, a lower intermediate, if not high or high uh, beginner. But what's so good about it is that it's taught by a guy named Mark Thompson, and he's an American who lives in Sevastopol, I believe, in in Russia. And um, he's married to a Ukrainian girl, I believe. Anyways, but he's been in Ukraine for 10 years. He's He teaches this class. He teaches Americans or teaches English speakers how to learn Russian. And what's so good about it is because 
he learned it himself. And so he basically tells you kind of what he kind of knows what you're thinking as an American or as an English speaker. He kind of knows, you know, what your hangups are going to be and where you're coming from. This is different than what most people want to do. Most people want to learn Russian from a native speaker. And while that makes a lot of sense, and I don't disagree with that at all, um, I think just this Mark Thompson, his course was very good just because he kind of walked you through, again, all the things that you probably wouldn't get from a uh, uh, native speaker. Because a lot of times uh, the native speakers, the stuff is just common, uh, you know, it's just second nature to them. So they don't really think about what it is. Whereas uh, this guy, he, he had to learn it. So I think the Russian Accelerator program is a fantastic program, and I'll definitely leave a link in the description. Um, with that said, also, I wouldn't go with, um, I wouldn't try to learn Russian with Duolingo or Babbel or any of those on, uh, on your phone apps. Um, I've tried them. I didn't like them. Um, I don't like that, that computerized repetition, uh, rep- repetition, um, I just didn't like it. You might like it. I know it's super popular, um, but I just didn't like it. Um, but with that said, though, I did. I do have, I don't know, probably 2,000 physical note cards that I've written out. Um, and there's something to that as far as like the physical act of writing, writing out the note cards. It helps you remember. And so that's what I do have. So I do have old-fashioned note cards that I use. And that's basically how I've learned Russian. That's how I've gotten to where I've got to. So to know when you're learning Russian from my point of view. And I've been studying for about a year and a half, so I surely don't know everything. But from what I've seen, here's what you should probably know. Um, First of all, the uh, first of all, Russian uses the Cyrillic alphabet. And while it looks intimidating, if you don't know it or if you have never looked at it before, it's not. it's the alphabet is it'll take you about a week to get comfortable with it um there's probably i don't know maybe 10 letters that are uh, completely different in cyrillic there's probably five to seven letters that look like a english letter a latin letter but they say there's a different sound in, in a russian letter for example what looks like a P in English is a R sound in Cyrillic. So that type of stuff. But anyways, you, you pick up on that for, for, uh, you pick up that very quickly. Another thing that's great about Russian. And if you've ever looked at, uh, French or I'm not sure Spanish, but I remember, uh, for, uh, comparing to French is that, um, in Russian, it seems like the words are replaced one for one with English words. So if you have a three-word sentence in English, you have a three-word sentence in Russian. Um, it seems like that as far as me. So it's like, I mean, if you have like John kicks the ball, it will be John kicks the ball in Russian for the, for the most part, for the most part. And I, I'm, I don't mean to overstate that, but it just makes more intuitive sense than, again, a language like French to me. But, you know, I've heard French and Spanish are much easier than Russian, and who knows, they probably are. But with that said, um, I, that's what I found was interesting about learning Russian. Um, what's, there's three things that are absolutely hard as hell when it comes to learning Russian. 
those three things are one the cases the two what's called verbs of motion and three what's called perfective and imperfective verbs now with the cases that's again i still struggle with that that's the hardest part for russian for me and what that is is that um russian nouns and adjectives i think that's it they they have different endings depending on where they are in a sentence and so you have to learn all these endings uh the appropriate ending for how you use the word in the sentence and depending on where it's at depending on what it could mean it could be a totally different looking word uh, meaning the same thing and i'll give you a quick example so if the word pizza in uh russian is is pizza it's it sounds the same so if you say i want a big pizza you'll say ya hachu bashaya pizza or pizzu and so you change the last letter the a to a u and it's pizzu and if you just said versus if you just said that is a big pizza if you said eta bashaya pizza then you say just a regular pizza but if you're saying i want it you say pizzu and so all that and that's for like all all the words in russian they they change depending on how you use them another example is when you say you want something with something like if you want coffee with milk well milk is molako but if you say coffee with milk it's coffee si molakom with om at the end molakom so that all so there's that throughout the whole language and it's incredibly hard to understand but and then once you've kind of figured that out you have to deal with the verbs of motion which they're probably not as hard as i make them out to be but they're very difficult for me and that's basically if you want to go if you say darren goes to work you have to use a different word for either goes by foot goes by car goes back and forth to car like every day um has went one time there's probably 10 different ways to say that that action um in russian and it's very very confusing but i guess it's just a matter of just getting just repetition and doing it over and over and then finally um w- w- there's something called the perfective and imperfective verbs basically every verb in russian is there's two and so the verb say to speak is govorit and there so you say either govorit or pogovorit and those are the two exact words one means um i i speak the other one means i was speaking ing and so it's so confusing and you just have to learn them based on what those perfective and imperfective words are so again i guess that's another thing that's just a matter of repetition too but that's confusing learning when to use one or the other so you learn one word and you really have to learn two when it comes to verbs so anyways so those are the hard parts of learning russian um as far as i know i'm sure there's more but it seems like everything else is kind of manageable but those three things um are very very hard but anyways that course so russian accelerator will help you a lot and so that's my suggestion 
I want to thank you for listening again. Once this coronavirus thing is over and we get back to traveling, um, I'll put up some more travel tips, solo travel tips, and that'll help you that I've learned. And we'll get back to the, you know, what this podcast is really about. But again, if you travel, you know, you travel solo, you travel to the former Soviet Union, then um, now is not now is a great time to start learning Russian and uh, you go from there. So if you have any questions, please leave them in the comments. Please leave me a review. Um, I want to thank you again for listening and take care.